0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome to the podcast, you weirdos. The name's Dee Maurice Gary. I am a huge fan of a lot of different things, including video games, horror movies, and books. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I am an avid player of video games right now. For the last three years, I've been really on top of it. My two favorite games right now are Halo, Gotta love Master Chief, and Dead by Daylight. I also played a lot of different other ones, but we'll get into those at a later time. Um, I love horror movies. My favorite movie of all time is Friday the 13th. Gotta love Part 2 when Jason finally arrives. And I love anything that's really nerdy, including Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Disney. If you give me any trivia questions on those, I could probably answer those quite quickly. But going on, um, this isn't really a fully dedicated podcast. It'll mostly be me reading like, my, from my fave books, maybe talking about other nerdy topics, and obviously talking talking about horror movies and games. You can also check out my Twitch stream with, of the same name if you're curious on how I play and if you want to join in. So today we're actually going to start out with a bit of a weird story from the unnatural creature story selected by Neil Gaiman. Um, I will start that out in just a moment, so please stick around and... We'll get started. Prismatica by Samuel L. Delaney. Chapter 1. Once there was a poor man named Amos. He had nothing but his bright red hair, fast fingers, quick feet, and quicker wits. One great evening, when the rain rumbled in the clouds about to fall, he came down the cobbled street towards Mariner's Tavern to play jackstraws with Billy Belay, the sailor with a wooden leg and a mouth full of stories that he chewed around and spit out all evening. Billy Belay would talk and drink and laugh and sometimes sing. Amos would sit quietly and listen and always wanted jackstraws. But this evening, as Amos came into the tavern, Billy was quiet and so was everyone else. Even Hildaga, the woman who owned the tavern and took no man's jabbering seriously, was leaning on her elbows on the counter and listening with open mouth. The only man speaking was tall, thin, and gray. He wore a gray cape, gray gloves, gray boots, and his hair was gray. His voice sounded to Amos like wind over mouse fur or sand ground into old velvet. The only thing about him, not gray, was a large black trunk beside him, high as his shoulder. Several rough and grimy sailors with cutlasses sat at his table. They were so dirty, there was no color at all. And so, the gray, soft gray voice went on, I need someone clever and brave enough to help my nearest and dearest friend and me. It will be well worth someone's while. Uh, who is your friend, asked Amos. Though he had not heard the beginning of the story, the whole tavern seemed far too quiet for a Saturday night. The gray man turned and raised his gray eyebrows. There is my friend, my nearest and dearest. He pointed to the trunk, and from it came a low and muggy oof. All the mouths that were hanging open about the pa- tavern closed. What sort of help does he need? asked Amos. A doctor? The gray eyes widened, and all the mouths opened once more. You are talking of my nearest and dearest friend, said the gray voice softly. From across the room, Billy Belay tried to sign for Amos to be quiet, but the gray man turned around, and the finger Billy had put to his lips went quickly into his mouth as if he were picking his teeth. Friendship is a rare thing these days, said Amos. What sort of help do you need do you and your friend need? The question is, would you be willing to give it, said the gray man. The answer is, if it's worth my while, said Amos, who really could think very quickly. Would it be worth all the pearls you could put in your pockets, all the gold you could carry in one hand, all the diamonds you can lift in the other, and all the emeralds you could haul up from a well in a brass kettle? "'That's not much for friendship,' said Amos. "'If you saw a man living through the happiest moment of his life, "'would it be worth it then?' "'Perhaps it would,' Amos admitted. "'Then you'll help me and my friend? "'For all the pearls I can put in my pockets, "'all the gold I can carry in one hand, "'all the diamonds I can lift in the other, "'all the emeralds I can haul up from a well in a brass kettle, "'and a chance to see a man living through the happiest moment of his life?' I'll help you." Billy Belay put his head down on the table and began to cry. Hidalga buried her face in her hands, and all the other people in the tavern turned away and began to look rather gray themselves. Then come with me, the gray man, said the gray man. And the rough sailors with cutlasses rose about him and hoisted the trunk on their grimy shoulders. Arms came from the trunk, and the gray man flung out his cape grabbed Amos by the hand and ran out into the street. In the sky, the clouds swirled and bumped each other and tried to upset the rain. And halfway down the cobbled street, the gray man cried, HALT! Everyone halted and put the trunk down on the sidewalk. The gray man went over and picked up a tangerine-colored cat that had been searching for fish heads in the garbage pail. Open the trunk, he said, and one of the sailors took an iron key from his belt and opened the lock on the top of the trunk. The gray man took out his thin sword of gray steel, pried up the lid ever so slightly, then tossed the cat inside. Immediately, he let the lid drop, and the sailor with the iron key locked the lock on the top. From the inside came the mew of a cat that ended with a deep, depressing... Um... I think, said Amos, who after all thought quickly and was quick to tell what he thought, that everything is not quite right in there. Be quiet and help me, said the thin gray man, or I shall put you in the trunk with my nearest and dearest. And for a moment, Amos was just a little afraid. And welcome back. Um, yeah, does anyone else want to know what's in that box? Like, it just ate a full cat, and this guy threatening to throw Amos in there. Um, as well, I want to know what the first half of his story was. Like, he Amos just walked in and was like, yeah, I'm going to help you. But everyone else in the freaking tavern was like, uh, dude, don't do this. Amos, I guess you're just going to full send yourself here, because I don't know what's happening either. Um, I just wanted to give a little pause here. Um, I'm very excited to start this podcast, and I'm very excited to share with you guys more uh, stories and everything else. What I didn't realize exactly is uh, exactly how many chapters are in this one story. Uh, but we're going to continue on. I'll do probably one more part or one more chapter today, and then I'll save the rest of it for the second podcast I'll be doing. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy my storytelling style. I know it's a little weird. I've worked with kids in the last six years, so I kind of had that animated voice going, um, but hopefully it works out. So, Here's on to part two, and here we go. Then they were on a ship, and all the boards were gray from having gone so long without paint. The gray man took Amos into his cabin, and they sat down on opposite sides of a table. Now, said the gray man, here's the map. Where did you get it? I stole it from my worst and worst enemy. "'What is it a map of?' Amos asked. "'He knew you should ask as many questions as possible "'when there were so many things you didn't know. "'It is a map of many places and many treasures, "'and I need someone to help me find them. "'Are these treasures the pearls and gold and diamonds and emeralds he told me about?' "'Nonsense,' said the gray man. "'I have more emeralds and diamonds and gold and pearls than I know what to do with.' "'And he opened a closet door.' Amos stood blinking as jewels by the thousands fell out on the floor, glittering and gleaming red, green, and yellow. "'Help me push them back in the closet,' said the gray man. "'They're so bright that if I look at them too long, I get a headache.' So they pushed the jewels back and leaned against the closet door until it closed. Then they returned to the map. "'Then what are the treasures?' Amos asked, full of curiosity.' The treasure is happiness for me and my nearest dearest friend. How do you intend to find it? In a mirror, said the grey man, in three mirrors, or rather one mirror broken into three pieces. A broken mirror is bad luck. Who broke it? A wizard so great and so old and so terrible that I need that you and I need never worry about him. Does this map? no tell where the pieces are hidden exactly said the gray man look here we are here how can you tell the map says so said the gray man and sure enough in large letters one corner of the map was marked here perhaps somewhere nearer than you think up this one and two leagues short of over there the pieces are hidden your greatest happiness will be to look into this mirror It will be the greatest happiness of myself and my nearest and dearest friend. Very well, said Amos. When do we start? When the dawn is foggy and the sun is hidden and the air is gray as gray can be. Very well, said Amos for the second time. Until then, I shall walk around and explore your ship. It will be tomorrow at four o'clock in the morning, said the gray man, so don't stay up too late. Very well, said Amos, a third time. As Amos was about to leave, the gray man picked up a ruby that had fallen from the closet and not been put back. On the side of the trunk that now sat in the corner was a small triangular door that Amos had not seen. The gray man pulled it open, tossed in the ruby, slammed it quickly. <laughs> And we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed the two chapters, uh, or the first two chapters of Prismatica. It's honestly one of my favorite stories so far from this book. I will probably delve a little bit deeper into it um, right now, actually. So, A uh, Natural Creatures is a is all these stories collected by uh, Neil Gaiman about from different art, uh, authors, and honestly, they're probably the best stories I've ever heard when it comes to like creepiness and like different like. It kind of blows your mind how these stories come about. Uh, the first one I read was I, I don't even remember like exactly what it was about, but it still like haunts me in my dreams sometimes. And like I just see it. It's like about a spot. I was like, what the hell is in my dream right now? Uh, like that's how Im- like impactful like the descriptions and these stories are, and I love it. I found it in I think it was uh, what was it? I can't even remember. Oh, Newbury Comics. That's where I got it from. Uh, I got it from Newberry Comics, like, two years ago, and it's just been sitting on my shelf for, like, two years because I, like, stopped reading it because it kept, like, giving me weird-ass dreams. Um, I do recommend it uh, to anybody who's really into those, like, creepy, like, really descriptive stories. It's one of my faves. Um... But continuing on, uh, I love reading like any kind of book right now. I think I have like 16 books I bought from the store that I still need to read. And my roommate keeps telling me to stop buying books because I have no room on my bookshelf. Um, but if you guys have any suggestions suggestions for books, I will happily take them because I love books and I love reading. I know I don't really have time recently, but I'm going to start making more time for reading because that's just what I love. And it's getting me back into a place I love um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the first podcast in the first two chapters of Prismatica. I will be back with the rest of the chapters of that and we'll be talking about more later on. Um, I hope you guys had a great time. I will see you later. See you weirdos.